Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290-800-693-8290-800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! Let's get it on, we shall. How's it going, everybody? Mike Sempervivi here, Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. We are here with you every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 6 p.m. or 6 p.m. <laughs> 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific. Sundays, I'm here at 6 p.m. Eastern Time at 3 p.m. Pacific. Saturday replay day, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. You see what happens after you don't host for a while. You stumble into the scene. Usually, I'm still asleep right now. Brian is giving you the intro to the show. I'm still in bed. Once he wraps it up, I roll out of bed. I come in here, and here I am. But no, I had to wake up a little early. I can't tell you where Brian Alvarez is right now, but the only thing I can tell you is, is I'm not alone. No, I'm not allowed to do this show alone anymore. Uh, that's uh, by order of not only Brian, but Dom and Scott and Darren and everybody over at Sports Byline as well, too. So don't worry. You won't have to hear me ramble on for an hour. I have a little bit of help, and I think you'll be happy with who this person is. We got a lot to talk about, too. AEW and NXT last night. We have had arguably four matches of the year come out of the past couple of New Japan shows, led, in my opinion, by Kota Ibushi and Jay White. Well, on AEW last night, they staked their claim for the match of the year, not only for the match of the year, but maybe the best match in all of Dynamite history. Kenny Omega in Phoenix last night put on a barn burner. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about NXT. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see the entire show, so I didn't get to see all of Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, so I apologize for that. But if you had a chance to check that show out, you can let me know about it. And my guest co-host, should I reveal him right now, or do we dramatically draw this out through the commercial and make you wait? I say we draw it out through the commercial and make it wait. Yeah. How you like that for a tease? It's a lot to get into today. We'll be back. Wrestling Observer Live.
attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800 800-403-5912. 800-403-5912. 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. All right, everybody, back on the show. Mike Sempervivi here in the big host chair. Brian Alvarez, we don't know where he's at today. This is Wrestling Observer Live did you guys like my chomping on the chips yesterday? Are you big ASMR fans? Well, guess what? I got a little bit more for you as I open up this drink to get ready for this show. Did you like that, everybody? All right. Without any other further ado, as I take a sip of this blueberry Red Bull, a man who needs no energy drinks would never dare put an energy drink in his body. Too healthy for that. And frankly, too good to be on this show when I'm hosting it. Ladies and gentlemen, Live and direct from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Lance T. Storm. Lance, how are you? 
I'm doing well, although I am I have turned into a bit of a coffee junkie since since uh, being home so long. So uh, I may not be the energy drink guy, but I am a Tim Hortons coffee guy. And I see you're you're not in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You're in your uh, the, the wonderful confines of uh, Kayfabe, Washington. Yeah, I'm in the big boy chair literally today. So uh, filling in for Brian, both uh, figuratively and literally. Well, that's good because you may get a, a mention in your ear to start taking over the show after the next break from Dom, just all depending on how this one goes. But uh, I thank you very much for, for joining me today and, and giving Brian the day off here. And, you know, Lance, it, it was a long day yesterday. Um, how's your territory doing? Uh, it was a little rough down here. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know for people if if AEW and NXT last night were welcome additions or if they were ignored in favor of real world things that were taking place here in the united states but uh i know you got a chance to see most of nxt like i did as well as all of aew any overall thoughts on last night uh yeah i'm not usually an nxt viewer because it's harder to get here i actually watched it right before the show and like you i didn't quite finish the main event and i'm going to as soon as i'm done with you here because that's the kind of wrestling that i really like just you know the mat work the trading of holds just it felt like a real sports contest i'm a big fan of both guys and, and i was really enjoying that match so I'm anxious to go back and finish the main event because those guys are just top notch. You know, I'd have to go back and kind of like look at, at segments from from past times, but that may have been the best head to head as far as matches go in in Wednesday Night War history. I mean, they counter program, not even counter programmed. You just put your best foot forward there for your main event, and both sides certainly did it. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what got everybody's attention? Because from what I saw, I mean, it's Balor and O'Reilly, and from what I, it wasn't, it didn't feel as epic as the first match. But then again, I haven't seen the end as is what yet too. But with that said, I mean, it was still a hell of a match. And for me personally, being a little bit more old school and enjoying mat work a little bit more, I mean, for as much as people were hyping up Phoenix and Kenny Omega, and make no mistake, that was an awesome match. You know, we'll find out what you think here, but. You know, O'Reilly and, and Balor, you can't put them in the ring and not get something out of it that's not going to be awesome. Yeah, and considering, you know, AEW, or sorry, NXT's audience does tend to skew older, that puts them closer to your and I age group that likes that Matt style work that leans towards, like of the two matches, I do prefer the Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor style of match, so... I think NXT probably served its audience well, and obviously the the younger audience loves the Kenny Omega Ray Phoenix stuff, which was spectacular. So it'll be interesting to see who uh, who wins the night. Uh, I'm afraid it may be the news, unfortunately, but uh, we will we will see. What did you think about uh, how everything went down with AEW last night? I mean, we we've seen it for years, you know, in wrestling beatdowns and group faction beatdowns. You know, they really picked up steam during the Monday Night Wars era with uh, the NWO beating people down, putting up the the hand signal, the Wolfpack hand signal, on into Bullet Club and New Japan and, and everything it meant there. And then we see 
the next extension of this, the good brothers show up. Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows showed up on Impact last night at the end, out there helping to beat down John Moxley uh, alongside the Young Bucks, who also came out, as well as Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Um, you know, for a lot of people in, in New Japan, it's gotten long in the tooth. And they've gotten tired of it. When it comes to AEW, a lot of people have been waiting on this, waiting to see if we get Gallows and Anderson in there and waiting to see if we, quote-unquote, get the band back together. Uh, what did you think about the post-match angle and the beatdown? And are we probably readying ourselves for week after week after week of people on Impact and AEW laying there in a ditch? <laughs> I don't think so, but I, again, I... I liked it. Now, I should preface this by saying, for some reason, my audio kicked out for the main event, so I couldn't feel it, but... Chris Jericho burned it out by screaming so much. Could be, yeah. But <laughs> I did like the angle. I liked the fact that they gave us the clean finish on the main event. They didn't give us the BS of the, the Good Brothers or anybody else coming out first. They delivered, and I think that's important. And I think that can be the difference maker for AEW to not overdo this. Still deliver the clean finishes we want. Then if you want to do that angle, that's great. I don't understand yet the Young Bucks coming out and two-sweeting with them. That seemed out of nowhere for me, but I thought the Good Brothers were a, a nice influx. And I'm anxious to see where this goes. Started off pretty odd, too, with the Young Bucks and SCU uh, against the Hybrid and the Acclaimed. Uh, I know Dave has been big on Private Party. You know, he loves the, the 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 moves and has been on them for a while. Top Flight also as well, too. I mean, and, and you obviously you see it with, with both of those uh, teams, how well they could do. But I've been a little bit more partial to the Acclaimed. And it, it, I don't know. I don't think it's the hip hop thing. I don't. I don't know. I just look at them and I see a whole package that they don't really have the ability, obviously, uh, to have the spectacular move set that, that either Private Party or Top Flight do. But I think overall, all around, if they can come along in the ring, I mean, I love the package and the presentation and the presence, uh, especially that Max Caster has already. You know, as a guy that's trained a lot of people and, and obviously watch a lot, you know, what do you think about the acclaimed uh, as it stands right now, you know, in there with those three other veteran tag teams? And do you see what I see or, or am I really kind of overselling it a little bit uh, and getting blinded by a little bit of the shininess? Um, I think the verdict's a little bit out on how far they can go, but I am, like you, a big fan of them. And I think as heels, they don't need to have quite the spectacular set of moves that some of the other guys do. I actually, I did a NWA Legends Fan Fest training camp years ago, and Max Cass was one of the guys there, and I thought he had potential then. And that, you know, probably five years ago now, I, I could be off by a year or two, but... He showed potential then. He was a really nice guy, very respectful. So I'm very happy he's given that shot. And I think that's a tribute to also to AEW's tag team division, which I've always been a fan of tag teams, way back to you know Midnight Express days. They've got a lot of teams. They've got a lot of young teams. And it's like they're not wasting them and overexposing them. It's like they're making you want more with each team. And I think that's great. That's I love tag team. I hope the Crockett Cup comes back, you know, and it probably won't be this year with everything going on. But, in, you know, with the NWA and, and, and everything, I I thought this would would have been a great year for it with with Gals and Anderson and Impact and some of the things and 
you know, that, that you may be able to do in concert with Ring of Honor or something like that. I hope that's a concept that comes back. And that's the one for me personally, that's the biggest thing that AEW can deliver, at least inside the ring. There's lots of changes they can make in the business outside the ring. And I think we saw that last week when it came to Brody Lee and some of the declarations made about how they are going to continue to support Brody Lee's family uh, after everything that took place. So there's differences they can make outside the ring, but inside the ring, as a fan of tag team wrestling, as somebody that was so influenced by the Rock and Roll Express and the Russians and the Midnight Express and the Fantastics and all those sorts of teams, you know, tag team wrestling can be main event wrestling. I, I, I agree, you know, and I believe that with all of my heart. Now, is it exactly what the promotions may want in WWE? that's been a no and historically in pro wrestling that's been a no in aew considering that it's one of the, the the biggest tag teams in the world in the last 20 years to start the company obviously that's not the case and the way they're stacking things up they have a ton of teams at their disposal right now and a ton of young teams that are, are looking to learn and that's the one big thing and the one big takeaway i hope uh, that aew delivers is bringing tag team wrestling back and making it a more permanent part of the wrestling main event uh, landscape but lance i'll let you follow up on that when we get back from break homies we, we may be taking calls too we'll see we'll let you know wrestling observer live Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, my heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. 
Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 754 45 That's 800-754-4531. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back on the show with you, Mike Sempervivi here. Lance Storm by my side as well, too, Wrestling Observer Live. Yes, Twitch homies, I'm not paying as much attention to you as normal. All right, I'm not very good at multitasking. You should know this. I have trouble breathing sometimes, for heaven's sake. So don't be surprised by that. We love all the Twitch homies out there. Why are you not a Twitch homie? Twitch.tv backslash F4W video. Sign up, become a member. Just sign up and become a member to anything that's got F4Wonline.com on it. And I cannot, you know, reap any of the benefits of the trickle-down economics of it because we give it all to Lance Storm. And with that exchange rate, you know, that's (laughs) Lance. We were talking about tag teams, you know, and how good of a job AEW does with tag teams and, and how hyped up a lot of people are about them. Uh, in the same vein, there are a lot of people that love the AEW women's division. Sometimes I think they love the AEW women's division a little bit too much, and they want a little bit too much of it on TV. And last night, we got another championship match right before the Kenny Omega Phoenix world title match. We got the women's world title match between Hikaru Shida and the the very polarizing Abaddon. Uh, and... Karoshita got the victory. <laughs> there was a spot in the match where Abaddon, being Abaddon, dragged Sheeta under the ring. Uh, and they went with a very, by the way, nice touch on this because they didn't beat it to death. They had a very nice shot of the Big Show show, or the Go Big Show, I should say, uh, the ring apron as they crawled underneath there. So nice advertising job done there by TNT. But as they came back out from under the ring, here comes Abaddon with blood all over her mouth, or what's purported to be blood, or as Chris Jericho said, that's visceral blood. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Lance, maybe you know what that means, because out comes Hikaru Shida crawling out with blood from all over her neck. It's not a disqualification from Bryce Rensburg, I guess because he didn't see it, but Shida just, while she holds her hand on her, her neck, just kind of continues on. Now, I know that's a main artery. If that thing was bleeding everywhere, it would be spurting, and the match probably should be stopped. She was still able to hit her finisher. What did you think about this match? Yeah, much like I mentioned that Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor is my cup of tea, this is not my cup of tea. I don't know why a, a woman doesn't need medical attention, or at least a doctor to check to make sure that she's not bleeding out and going to die. 
Um, there's been a lot of companies that have been doing this. And in each case, you know, the Dark Realm in Impact, I didn't like. I don't like the Bray Wyatt fifth and sixth dimensions and getting set on fire. I didn't like when Kane and Undertaker pulled people to hell under the ring. And I don't like the Abaddon thing. It's, to me, if you want to be a wrestling promotion and be sports-based, you can't be theatrical-based. Like, she's not really a zombie. And they try to explain that she's not really a zombie, but why is she supposedly biting chunks out of people's necks that heal during the match? I don't understand that. It just ruins it to me. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think it was that good of a match. I didn't think so either. And one of the reasons why is even if I think if you like Abaddon a lot, I mean, one of the biggest problems I have with the women's division and people, oh, this has got to be on TV or this person should be on TV is they're not really ready to be on TV. And I know AEW is filled with people like that. But, you know, Britt Baker is going to be coming back next week and hosting a talk show that, I mean, if you watch AEW Dark, I mean, it hasn't exactly been the best you know, where has Nyla Rose been? There's been, there's a long line of people, and people want to see, I think people rushed out there on TV too much, and I don't think it's good TV, and I don't think the matches are that good, and it's got nothing to do with the women involved. It's not their fault, you know, in some cases. I mean, these are, you know, they have a lot of not ready for primetime players. They will be down the line. They obviously have a, they're putting a lot of value in dark and, and, and getting these people work as much as they can right now. But I thought that was a great example of why is this a world title match? Why is this, you know, why has, has Abaddon, you know, she's bitten Hikaru Shida. She scared her into giving her a title shot. I just, it, there was a lot, I think, wrong with this, with, with me and with a character like Abaddon. How do you take this into? You've now tried. You've established her as a a literal woman eater, a, a person that will bite. The talent is not there in the ring compared to Serena Deeb, and again, not an insult, but compared to Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, a lot of other people on that roster, it's not there. How do you try to make some hay out of Abaddon? Do you give her a Kevin Sullivan type of manager and you start to morph the character that way? Do you just make her go away for a while? Are you so sick of seeing all the supernatural stuff you just want her to go away altogether? How do you try to, to try to save this thing? Because it is wrestling. You do want to have characters like Kane. You do have some of these wacky characters. Is there any way to save this for you or is there any way to bring it along in a more intelligent, comprehensive way? I think for me, to use the Abaddon character, I'd rather her be a manager because you can use the announcer saying that, okay, we realize she's not really a zombie, but it's like, this woman is crazy. This isn't makeup she puts on to come to work. This is how she lives her life. And she could be a crazed, again, I don't want to say cult leader, but a crazed person that leads a group that are a little more real world based that just have this crazy person that's you know whether she's a devil worshiper whether she's just crazy and insane believes she's a zombie but when you start biting and no selling then it's like we have to believe she has legitimate powers of some kind if she only had powers of influence over wrestlers that could have matches i think i could stomach it better one of the other, obviously, one of the big things about last night's show was Snoop Dogg 
was going to be there to hype the Go Big Show, and I don't know. I mean, I was not expecting him to, like, you know, have a big smoking circle, have Martha Stewart there, you know, drinking Corona <laughs> and eating Tostitos and anything else that he happens to be pushing right now, but... I thought he would do a lot more than what he did. And the first time we saw Snoop Dogg, private party were signing young boy deals with Matt Hardy, where Matt Hardy would take 30% of his purse as Snoop Dogg just kind of stood there like this. Now, Snoop Dogg's been in the wrestling business for a long, or been in the recording business, the music business for a long time. There are 360 deals. There's all sorts of shady things that happens. And I would have thought... With a guy saying he's going to take 30%, we could have gotten a reaction out of Snoop, but no, he was just steady like, okay, let's get this segment over with because I know I'm going to jump off the top rope a little bit later on. And he did with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> and I was wondering why in this Cody-Matt Seidel match they decided to have a spot where they went busting into Luther and Serpentico. And then we found out later on because Serpentico was going to be the one taking the big splash from Snoop Dogg. But that part didn't surprise me. That seemed like a very pedestrian way to go with Snoop playing the role of, of Arn Anderson, had his coach's sheet out there, the as Jericho called it, his Waffle House menu out there. But the time spent with Private Party, I don't know. You got Snoop Dogg there. That seems like it could have been done. Uh, something more effective maybe could have been done there. Well, I, I think this was a, a last-minute switch, though, because I believe Jericho was supposed to do live commentary last week and Snoop was to do live commentary this week. So they obviously, because they bumped the shows, they needed Jericho doing his commentary. So I think Snoop got shifted him. So they had to react on the fly. I'm more concerned if Matt Hardy's taking a third out of each side. He's getting two-thirds. He's making as much as each of the other guys are individually. So Matt's got a hell of a deal. He but, you know, <laughs> Snoop was out there being Snoop. He's a charismatic guy. And, you know, kudos to him for being both crazy and nuts enough to try the splash. Uh, I won't call it textbook, but hey, for his first one, uh, and Cody managed to, and actually probably to the detriment of uh, uh, Matt Seidel's knees, he had to turn on the catch to make sure that Seidel didn't land on poor Snoop. The, I think that's why he went uh, left knee heavy into the stage, because uh, they didn't want to take out poor Snoop's legs. Probably the other big thing on the show last or one of the other big uh, takeaways on the show last night, Wardlow, Jake Hager. Uh, you know, th these two, once they figure out and start to work with each other for a while, I'd love to see this match like a year from now. You know, more experience and more familiarity with each other. But Wardlow got the surprise victory, and that was that really kind of was like, oh, okay, wow, you get a clean victory over Jake Hager, and then we find out a little bit later why this plays more into a storyline of MJF doing his best to slime up and buddy up to everybody in the inner circle. Seemingly, I don't know, I could be too cynical here, seemingly planting seeds to maybe take this thing away from Chris Jericho, and he starts with Jake Hager. Yeah, I really like that segment. It, it, it had a bit of realism to it, in my opinion. And they even little details that I like, they mentioned that MJF commandeered a camera. And it's like, because MJF wants the rest of the inner circle to see him being the good guy here. This wasn't just a wiser camera shooting Jake Hager when he's PO'd. It's like, MJF is pulling the strings here. He's a genius, and he's manipulating people. And as far as the match, I think it's a casualty of not having the old traditional house show loop before TV 
because back, you know, in my era WWE, these two big hosses would have slugged it out on the house shows three days prior, and they'd have been in their groove and ready to go and, and delivered even bigger. What is the best hoss battle? I know we're short on time here. Just one that comes to your mind. I remember seeing Kamala and Bundy, and it was not fun, but it was fun to see two heels slam into each other at the cap center. You got a match like that with two two big hosses that you liked? My favorite hoss fight, especially because it ties into our early talk of tag team wrestling, was Doc and Gordy against the Steiners in WCW. Four hosses. Hell yes. Hell yes. Oh, man, we get a lot of tag team talk when we come back from break. I don't care what Dave says about all Japan. 89 and 90 WCW. It's awesome. But I hear the music. That means we got to get to break. Hey, we're going to open up the phone lines. Don't know if we'll take any or not, but you know. Yeah, buying some pretzel sticks? Excuse me? This is your wake-up call from Track Phone Wireless. Okay. What if you didn't eat all those pretzel sticks by the end of the month, so this store took them back? Uh, good luck. That's how some wireless companies are with your data, but Track Phone Wireless gives you unlimited carryover data with active service, so you keep what you pay for. Hmm. Plans start at $20 a month. Wow, that's cool. Uh, sir, are you bothering the customers? Yeah, hang on. This is your wake-up call, people. Track Phone Wireless. Now you're in control. Available at major retailers. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com. Hello and welcome back to the Ronnie Deutsch Tax Program. On the line is Paul from California. Hi, Paul. What's your tax problem today? Hi, Ronnie. Love your show. Listen, I've got a big problem. You see, my paycheck was garnished last week, and I'm only getting half the normal amount. To make matters worse, the IRS froze my bank account. Listen, I'm embarrassed and scared. I need some help. Listen, Paul, you don't need to feel embarrassed. You just need some tax help. And the great news is the IRS has some unbelievable programs that can eliminate your tax debt so you don't have to worry about having your paycheck garnished or your bank levied. Doesn't that sound great? It sure does, Ronnie. Then do yourself a huge favor and get a free consultation right now and tell them the tax lady sent you. 855-715-5721. That's 855-715-5721. Now is a great time to replace your worn-out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-Year Savings Event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.
You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Mr. Announcer Man got it half right. Mike Sempervivi here with you. Brian Alvarez will be back tomorrow in this hosting chair, and I'll be in the chair that Lance Storm is in right now. Lance Storm has been nice enough to join me today on the show. F uh, Figure Four Daily with Lance, uh, that is taking place tomorrow, correct, sir? Tomorrow's Friday, so yeah, I guess it will be. Brian and I tomorrow evening for our uh, our weekly show. Looking forward to it. Now, I, I did want to shoehorn this in because a lot of people know I'm a history geek. I like my history, and you know, if you like the you know pro wrestling history, at Mid Atlantic Pod, that that's a good one. You know, it's a very good Twitter feed too. I know a little bit something about that, but Bobby Davis. Uh, passed away yesterday afternoon at his home in Houston, Texas. He was 83 years old, and I know a lot of the people in the Twitch chat are like, who? <laughs> but this guy was the prototype of the modern wrestling manager as we know him today. He grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, he had dropped out of Ohio State to pursue wrestling, but he was just too small, and he ended up injuring his neck. And Ohio was Al Taft's territory, or Al Haft's territory, and it was the breeding ground for a lot of talent, not the least of which was Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, who Bobby Davis was friends with, and Rogers got him to be his manager. And from there, it was off to the races. Bobby Davis was an ultimate heel magnet, a very young guy. A lot of parallels in some ways to Jim Cornette in the fact that he started so young. Cornette was even younger than him when he started in the business, but around the same age when they got out there on TV together, and Davis would walk out with a cane, would walk out with a flashy suit and Elvis haircut, and run people down. Not just the opponents for people like Buddy Rogers, or the Grams, or the Millers, or Cowboy Bob Orton Sr., or any number of big-name talents that went through the Northeast, but he would also run the fans down as well, too, and... You know, Lance, uh, when it comes to managers, and, and by the way, too, and this is a cheap plug, and I haven't even read it yet, but I've seen the reviews for it. This book, and I've never seen a bad book from Tim Hornbaker or Scott Teal, but Master of the Ring, uh, the the biography of Nature Boy Buddy Rogers that people have been looking forward to for a long time, apparently has been coming through a lot, and there's a lot of Bobby Davis stories in there, but... You know, Davis and Wild Red Berry uh, keep getting all of the attention as two of the prototype managers, and Davis certainly the case, Lance. And, you know, much like I love tag teams, you know, a manager, uh, the right manager, always adds, uh, you know, it's always a, a spice and a flavor that you add to a dish that, uh, if done right, makes it better. And there's been a lot of great ones in history uh, Jim Cornette, obviously, and Bobby the Brain Heen, and probably stand at, at the top for most people. Jimmy Hart, for anybody in Memphis, especially that saw him there, would easily put him, maybe even put him above Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette. But for you, you know, and obviously you, we've, we've, you've had a relationship with Cornette. You did the, uh, the, the Beyond the Territories or uh, the, the DVD thing with him, and you've talked to him a lot, as well as working in OVW. So I'm sure he's probably going to be on your list. But when it comes to great wrestling managers or guys that, that you, you know, in your heart, and when you think of managers, you know, you go to them, who were some of the ones for you? Well, Jim Cornette is one of the best. Uh, 
I started WWE watching it with the Saturday Night Main Event era, so Bobby Heenan obviously top notch, and then later I saw the stuff with Bockwinkle that he did. So I think Bobby may be the greatest of all time, but you know I was a big Paul Ellering fan uh, back in my day as a Road Warrior fan, you know, especially because he was different. He was also a pretty tough guy, is in his own right, but he was you know the intelligent manager, not the screaming yelling one, and. You know, when you look at all the territories, it's like that top manager was the backbone of so many. You know, you had Skandar Akbar in, in Texas. You had J.R. Foley or Abu Wiesel in Calgary. And it's like there was always that mainstay that allowed a variation of heels to step in and feud with that top baby face. It was always that connection. And, you know, it allowed Hogan to feud with the Heenan family, gave him a whole list of opponents. And, you know, those managers, I'm glad they're starting to come back. You know, WWE's using them a little bit. And, you know, we've got Don Callis now in, in AEW, and I assume also managing on some level in, on, in Impact. Those guys bring so much to the table, not just talking, but just adding another dimension to, to storytelling, keeping a thread in your feuds alive. And also, too, it's a nice, something that I've been ranting on my show with Brian on Friday about making wrestling fun. If your babyface has to get beat, having him get his hands on that manager is a nice carrot to throw your babyface to help him save face. Managers are so useful and so great. For did you were you a Gary Hart fan? And I know obviously he wasn't really in your territory or anything. Now when you he was more got a national presence in in, in the NWA and uh, before it became WCW, nineteen eighty nine being the shiniest year for most people when he was out there with Buzz Sawyer. Great Muda and, and Terry Funk, but I always was a big fan of Gary Hart because of, like you mentioned, him being different uh, compared to so many other managers. You know, by the time I first saw Jimmy Hart, you know, he was the character that we see now, a zillion miles an hour, b- bouncing up and down with the megaphone. Bobby Heenan had a lot of comedy to him. Same thing with Cornette going a million miles an hour and always having something funny to say. Gary Hart never really had anything funny to say, and in fact, the the inverse of that, I mean, he had a lot of really real things to say, and he probably, to me, sounded realer than almost anybody else in professional wrestling. And I know he's a he can be kind of a polarizing figure too. But did you have a chance to see much of Gary Hart, and what did you think about him? The bulk of Gary Hart that I saw was the JTEX run with Muta and Funk, and I don't I don't want to say I liked him because I hated him, but in a good way because he was intelligent. He came across as very mean and a very unlikable guy, but I think the intelligence and the fact that he wasn't just a screaming animated clown made him more of a threat because, again, he was a serious manager, and no surprise, I would like that serious approach. But, yeah, I thought he was good. I think the only downfall of Gary Hart in the air I saw him was, at that point, he wasn't physically capable of taking bumps and selling for his baby faces if they got his hands on him, because I think he had a really destroyed neck by that time. But as a presence and as an intelligent guy that came across as genuinely mean and a little bit evil, I thought he was a great man. I was a big fan of that JTEX run. Yeah, well, he was in the plane crash with uh, Austin Idol, Mike McCord, and, and a bunch of people, too, and that was you know the, the reason he couldn't. Uh, take a lot of bumps and, and you know it was in one of the you know from an 
a point of view of aesthetics, he was much taller than a lot of other people and much bigger than a lot of the wrestlers that he, you know, his men were facing or sometimes that he had at his side. So, yeah, not being able to bump, it's like, how do we get revenge on that guy? Do you think that's essential for a manager, especially nowadays, too, you know, to get? Because we're, I mean, we've pushed everything forward so much. You know, it's one thing to, to get a manager and to spank them or to put them in a, a diaper with a baby bottle or whatever humiliating thing, uh, you know, Bobby Heenan in the weasel suit. Are we to the point now where we're kind of past that a little bit too much and whatever whoever a manager is, they're going to have to be ready to take bumps? I don't think it's a necessity, but I do think it really helps. And I think because he is both a friend and nemesis of mine, I really hope Don Callis has to take bumps. I think somebody needs to bump him as frequently as possible. Um, really devastating. <laughs> There'll be a lineup. But I, I think it's important to, at some point, I, I think a heel does need to get his, and a manager does. Now, it doesn't need to be the crazy bumps that Bobby Heenan took, but I think at some point the manager does need to be gotten to. Now, again, the important thing is not every single time. Build it up, make it worth something, and when the time comes that you know the babyface really needs something but isn't going to go over on Kenny Omega, then I think sometimes the Don Callis needs to take that bullet. You know, we were talking about tag teams a little bit earlier on. Uh, I'll shoehorn this in here, uh, coming out of NXT last night. And I should mention this as well, too. Uh, for those of you who didn't get a chance to hear it, that Tommaso Ciampa and, and Timothy Thatcher was off. Now, they show Timothy Thatcher backstage talking to a doctor, you know, kind of from a long distance. They showed him talking to a doctor and to William Regal and then getting up and storming out. I don't know if this is a, a really truly a minor injury that they mentioned something lingering that that he's not going to be able to do or they did this for a storyline person uh purpose to hold it off for either next week the second night of week of new year's evil or, or some you know time down the line but what was also mentioned on the show was they are going back to having the dusty roads tag team tournament and not only for men but for women as well too and they announced uh the men's teams Undisputed Era against Breezango is is going to kick things off, as well as the Grizzled Young Veterans against Everrise. That's going to be taking place on next week's show. Uh, we also have Kurt Stallion and August Gray. If you were a big fan of Evolve in the indie scene, and maybe an intriguing tag team to you, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, who have been doing the Mutton Jeff tag team situation now for a while, Imperium, who was fantastic, and Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild, as well as Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, have been announced for the tournament. So if they're allowed to, with the talent that's involved, if they're allowed to have some time, which I assume that they will be, we're probably looking at some, some bangers of some matches here. But one thing they also did was they decided to have the first ever women's Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament. Now, Lance, there's a lot of talent in more than enough in NXT uh, with the amount of people that they have under contract where they can pull off a tournament like this. But and I don't mean to undersell it, but is this this almost seems like and I don't mean to be rude here, but it almost seems like a bastardization of, of just using the name Dusty Rhodes because. Did you need to have a women's tag team tournament running at the same time? And again, this is not to insult, you know, women's wrestling or anything like that far from it, but can you put the focus on that while you have the focus on the other one? It just, it just seems like it's a thing to do just to do it. It feels like the, we've done it for the men. We have to do it for the women. And while they have enough bodies, 
because I love tag team wrestling so much, I don't like the Mutt and Jeff tag teams. I'm not a big fan of just, well, we'll put these two people, whether they be men or women, together for the sake of it's a tag team tournament. To me, tag team is a skill. You should be a regular team. And they don't really, at least in the little bit I've watched NXT television, have enough established women's tag teams. So I wish they'd have built to it more. And if they're going to do it, make sure there's enough established women tag teams that there's a reason for the tournament other than just the, well, we do the men's every year. We have to do a women's. You know, we were kind of talking about this uh, off the air after the the first segment, but you know, growing up in the 80s, 83, 84, 85, 86, I mean, if you look through the territories and then once the territories started drying up, the tag team situation was amazing. And being a kid, you know, 89, 90, like I mentioned, so many great tag teams. For you, what do you think the great the great era was? Is it all Japan for you? Is it, is it WWF from the that, that same era I was talking about? What do you think? I was always an NWA, WCW guy. So for me, the big tag teams, it's the Rock and Rolls, the Midnights, the Road Warriors, you know, that era in the mid to late 80s. To me, that's my peak. Now, granted, I also have a, a huge love for the, you know, the Heart Bulldog feud in the WWE. All Japan was a little too much throwing people on their heeds for me. I wasn't as big a fan, although the Can-Am Express, Furnace and LaFond in their peak were fantastic. And, you know, when Joe and Dean Malenko were working over, there was a lot of great, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, damn, there was a lot of really good all Japan tag teams back in the day now that I think about it. So, yeah, there's, and, but when they're regular teams, again, Doc and Gordy, we mentioned, phenomenal. So, I, I, I find the, the whatever annual classic for the women that fits their talent pool that they have, don't shoehorn them into a tag team tournament because make real tag teams and then do it or do something else. Might go to break. We should probably do that since I blew the last one. We'll get out of here early right now, folks. Mike Sempervivi, Lance Storm, Wrestling Observer Live. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. 
I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past two years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. That's 800-807-1981. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi, Lance Storm, Wrestling Observer Live. You know what, Producer Dom, I don't care what Brian says about you. Him, uh, Dom, they're uh, listening in on a conversation that Lance and I were having. The model Rick Martell's music pops up. Lance, I'm an unabashed fan of Rick Martell in the AWA uh, in WCW, the short time he was there, certainly all of the time spent in the WWWF, where he lived a, a different life for all of those people who didn't know as a as a tag team wrestler, and then later on the WWF as the strike as the model and, and a part of Strike Force. Rick Martel, criminally underrated, certainly goes in that category for me. Your Jerry Stubbs and a lot of guys like that. I think he fits right in. Yeah, he was a fantastic babyface, a phenomenal heel. And I just recently watched one of the Saturday Night Main Event matches he had with Tito Santana, and it was like, this is a clinic. It was so great. He was a fiery babyface. He was a smarmy heel. That dude could go. He looked like a million bucks. Other than the French accent, it's like he was perfect. And again, not that the French accent's bad, but we know certain places don't like accents. And But Rick was so, so good and a really nice guy. I got to work with him you know, in Winnipeg with Don Callis for a bit. Super, super nice guy. That's one of those names that who knows if we'll ever see him in the WWF Hall of Fame, but if they do, WWE Hall of Fame, if they do, they have more than enough footage on him. They own the guy's whole career, and I tell you what, some fun stuff between Jimmy uh, Jimmy uh, Garvin and Rick Martell back in the day when I was growing up. It, uh, 
hey, it wasn't Savage Steamboat, but it was pretty damn good. And Lance Storm, you, sir, you're pretty damn good, too, and I appreciate you so much for coming on. My pleasure, man. Figure Four Daily tomorrow. Lance and Brian. Brian and I back tomorrow. You, the homies and the listeners, back tomorrow. Because what else are you going to do? I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Thank everybody out there for watching. And to thank producer Dom for producing as he always does. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you again after a while.